Hello, mainstreamers and cinephiles and everybody in between. I'm Bryant. And I'm Caitlin. And Operation Silver Screen is a go. Hi, welcome to Operation Silver Screen. This cinema-related operation has been created to clear our desks from stacks of open cases. And what are these cases? Well, even being the film lovers that we are, Bryant and I still have a huge backlog of must-see films that we still need to experience. So each week we'll tackle a film that either one of us, or both of us, still need to see. We'll then provide a debrief of our week's mission, given our Alaconda film's popularity and its significance, as well as provide our opinion on whether or not it is worth seeing and other fun insights. And, uh, Ryan, uh, you're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. We got a podcast to record. And I gotta tell our audience about our assignment for this week. So I want you guys to go ahead and ask yourself a simple question. What if Rocky and E.T. fought each other? Yeah, pretty outrageous question. But this same question was asked 35 years ago, which then the answer led to one of the most iconic sci-fi action movies of all time, Predator. No, not The Predator from 2018. Well, Brian, are you talking about Predators from 2010? No, that's Predators. That's plural. Oh, you're talking about the one from 2012? No, that's The Hunt, where Madden Mickelson is accused of being a child predator. No, I'm talking about Predator from 1987. And we are doing this movie in anticipation of its prequel, Prey, which releases on August 5th. And of course, we'll be going ahead and doing a debrief on that one as well. But today, we're going to go ahead and focus on the original Predator from 1987. And during this debrief, don't worry. We're not going to go ahead and spoil any of the mission details for you. We're going to go ahead and keep you in the dark like Carl Weathers did to Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. And we'll go ahead and give you a heads up when we get into those spoilers. So first question, Caitlin, this one is for you because I have seen this movie many of times. My mom introduced me into this movie, but you have not seen this movie. So why have you not seen this and why has your mother failed you? Has she failed me? Uh, We'll see, I guess. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Nothing in this movie really interested me and you know it's i'm not a big schwarzenegger fan there's i mean another uh, movie on my for shameless is terminator so not a schwarzenegger fan i'm not gonna go watch his movies it's not something that draws me to a film uh but other than that like i don't know it just kind of seemed kind of generic monster movie i just i don't know there was just nothing that really drew me to it i i don't understand how there's nothing to draw you to it because man the concept is 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 amazing it's just a bunch of bunch of action heroes going to a jungle and they got to fight an alien force that is hunting them down predator style but i guess for me as a i don't know for a male it's more appealing but like i said my mom introduced me to this movie and my mom and i will we'll go ahead and uh quote this movie just a little bit not everything in here of course because not everything's really friendly but mostly the I ain't got time to bleed joke, my mom will always say. And yeah, I forget how old I was when I first watched this movie. And then I've seen Predator 2 and Predators. I believe I saw Predators. Yeah, I saw Predators in a theater with my mom when that came out. I haven't watched The Predator from 2018, but I am going to for uh, in anticipation for Prey when we talk about the franchise. And then also, I just always liked this creature. Uh, This was always a real cool creature. I also played the Predator video game that came out back in the day. I forget how, I forget how old I was during that time. I I remember that the rookie was around 
And I know that the game at least had an influence on him because he has one of my, he's part of one of my favorite memories of how impressionable a child could be. So for those who don't know, the rookie, Devin, my little brother, is the, is the third child. There's a nine-year difference between him and I. So as with most of the, the third and final uh, children, parents really don't care too much when it comes to monitoring and censoring the stuff that they watch. So while I was little, I couldn't play a lot of bloody video games uh, and, watch a lot, and watch a lot of rated R movies. My brother, he had all that access. So when I had the Predator game, I was like, all right, cool. You know what, Devin? If they don't care, I don't care. Sit down and watch me jump on unexpected enemies, ripping out spines and skulls, and then skinning people and hanging them up. What could possibly go wrong? And then I just have this vivid memory of being in the living room, and he just comes, like, jumping from down the stairs, from, like, the top stairs all the way down. I forget how old he was, like, half my height, so, like, five or something. And he just, like, puts out both of his arms, Wolverine style, and just war cries into the air. (laughs) Like, huh? Yeah, there may be a. We may we may got some issues. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm the predator. Like, oh god. Oh gosh. <laughs> start little Devin. Go out back, and it's gonna be at. There's gonna be animals like in traps. Devin's so chill too. Like, I feel like even when he was younger, like he was always so chill. So like, I've never seen him like all hyperactive. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. I don't know. Put him up in some trees. Maybe the predator will come out. <laughs> I will say, too, as far as another reason why I haven't watched this, I think that the 80s in general is an era that I'm a little behind on. I think as far as, like, I've seen a lot of 80s romantic comedies and John Hughes movies, those type of things. But when it comes to, like, the 80s action adventure type movies, I definitely shy away from it. I understand that. I think I, too, kind of, I don't always dive into the 80s action. That's probably where I lack the most. And I do talk a lot of crap about the 90s, but the action did pick up in the 90s, especially during the late 90s. I mean, Matrix was 99, so it kind of went more into the 2000s, even though the 2000s didn't really know what to do with it necessarily all the time. But I think late 90s and in the 2000s is really when it started to pick up and I became, I'm more interested in that action. I would say, yeah, 80s action, uh, it's a it's a different type of breed. It's not It's not exactly what we have today and i was actually going to talk about that during you know if this movie holds up kind of comparing action films from then to today because this is almost it's not really a parody but it's using that that generic action film of the 80s as a subgenre for this for this sci-fi film for this alien evasion what if all these big action heroes from the 80s went ahead and had to fight something that was even more powerful than them yeah, it's interesting. So when this first came out, the critical reception was kind of mixed, kind of more leaning towards bad. And I did read one article that said that it might have just been when it came out. But if it had came out a couple years earlier during like the peak of that 80s action era, that it might have gotten better reviews than what it did. Yeah, I w- I, it's one of those movies, though. It's It would have been hard to, not hard to get it out during the 80s, but for somebody to have that thought because... Like with parodies, parodies have to come post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're they're always kind of, and that's why like the scary movies and everything didn't stop doing so well because they were they were coming out so much later and they couldn't keep up with the with the trends. Uh, so like by the time that they make a joke, it's ten years too mm-hmm. late. So that's how you know whenever you're doing subversion and and parodies and spoofs, 
commentary, you are going to be a little bit after. And I think that's probably why this movie didn't do too well. People were probably thinking that this was supposed to be a straight action film. And at this point, they were kind of, they were done with it. It wasn't until later that people started understanding the the end joke with this. Mm. Yeah, because I know a lot of reviews said it was kind of dull and derivative. But then a lot of others, like I know Roger Ebert bought pretty well of it. And there were some other reviews that thought pretty positively of it and especially positively of the location i mean they used uh they filmed this in mexico and it's mostly all shot in the jungle so um it definitely used its setting it uses setting so much that they had to make their setting more setting <laughs> like they they actually had to bring in house plants which apparently you can see some of the black pots really <laughs> uh yeah i wish i knew that before watching this again because this is um, probably my third complete time watching this, but I don't know how many times I've just caught this movie in the middle and continue watching it. So I wish I knew that before. So this time when I was watching, I can find those plants, but wherever they are, they, they, they hit them pretty well, apparently not too well. Um, but that is one of the interesting things they did for this film. It's like, yeah, there's not enough plants in this jungle. What? <laughs> like God was just probably... Uh, like upstairs just chilling what did i just hear did someone just say there's not enough plants in the jungle (laughs) critique my work and speaking of the critical reception with this film some notes here for that for imdb this does have a 7.8 which is pretty high it has a 80 percent critics rating and an 87 percent audience rating on rotten tomatoes though originally like you said this was mixed but since the times have passed uh, this has become a very positive movie, especially out there for the general mainstream non-critic audience. And this also has an Oscar nom. It does. For Best Actor. Oh, no. I don't think so. Yeah, Best Actor. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Swept it. Wrong. So No, I'm kidding. Be- oh. It's Best oh, Effects. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You're being funny. I was, like, I was like, that's not correct. You're feeding misinformation to our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's some good performances in here, but there's no Oscar winning performances. Like, mm, I don't think that's correct. <laughs> I mean, there are some award uh, presenters that did. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was nominated for one. Uh, Duke, well, I forgot the, the actor's name of. He was nominated for Best Supporting in, in some uh, award presenting field. However, no, it was not the <laughs> distinguished uh, uh, Oscars. I know. I know it did win a Saturn Award for Best Music, and I think it was had some other nominations in there. It also won a BMI Film Music Award that I'm not sure of, but so really, it's big wins for for the music, which I thought was was interesting. I'll give my opinion on that later on. Um, but it has been frequently up there in best of ranks and, and lists that you typically see online. I know that in 2007. Entertainment Weekly called it the 22nd greatest action film of all time, and then in 2012, IGN said it was the 13th greatest action movie of all time. So, you know, it's up there. It's in those lists. Yeah, and also, I did have the name right. Uh, the name Duke. The character is Mac. Oh, the yeah, actor yeah. is Bill, Bill Duke, which is probably my favorite supporting actor in this film. He's probably given, like, the most the most heart and the most to, to actually work with in this film. Like I said with this movie, it's a team of special force operatives taking on a deadly mission, but unfortunately learn it's a suicide mission when they are hunted by something out of this world. Oh, Caitlin, how did you feel about 1987's Predator? You know, this film was, it was part action movie. It was kind of like a military movie, too. 
It was sci-fi movie, so there's a lot, lot going on with this, and honestly, none of them really worked for me. Uh, the critics, they said it was dull, and I have to agree with them. I'm sorry. I think that it is a dated movie. I think it was dated for me. Um, it was, it had tropes that just don't typically work for me. I think it was kind of, you know, you said it was kind of spinning off action movies of a time, but I kind of, I was thinking of like a very bad apocalypse now, kind of like that military hyper-masculinity, which is a theme in this, this film, just trekking through the jungle. There's kind of like sense of otherism in it and I it just is it's a it's a story that just doesn't work for me and then I thought that once you added the sci-fi elements to that story that I would start to enjoy it more and I don't think it really worked for me there either it it, it kind of lacked in the sci-fi I wouldn't even say it's very sci-fi light it doesn't really go into the sci-fi aspects very much the most sci-fi is just that your your big bad is a uh, an alien from outer space and that's that's about really all it goes into it. I guess some of his technology and stuff like his cloaking device and and how he tracks down our characters I guess is more sci-fi but it definitely is an action movie first and foremost an 80s action movie and it definitely seems like it's from the 80s. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. At one, in one hand, I want to go ahead and say what I think of this movie. On the other hand, I want to give my departing speech. <laughs> I don't know if I can continue to work with a ho- co-host who can't, who 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 doesn't appreciate Predator. Oh, I did not appreciate it. I would say, uh, yeah, I I did not. That like explains this movie. your text too. Yeah, because we have to watch expo- for. Uh, we're going to be watching some of these sequels for Prey and Anticipation for Prey. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is going to be like Texas Chainsaw Massacre all over again. Because I, I was struggling to get through this film. So now I'm having to get through, what, three other movies for you guys? So, you know. So there is there's one of the films I think you actually may like. Okay. There's, there's one I think you may like. Uh, so, I don't know, I guess I'll keep hope for that. But I still have hopes that I'm gonna like yeah, pray. No, I, I still have hopes that I'm gonna like pray. I feel like, you know, something a little bit more modern and I like the girl who's in the lead, so we'll see. So wait, you didn't like the, the actor that was the actors that were in lead in this one? <laughs> Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, so I mean I, I guess I'm we're almost polar opposite on this one. I gotta say, uh this is a great blend of two genres. Yeah, it's, it's more action-oriented, but I think sometimes when you have two genres, sometimes, you know, it, it's fine just having a little little sprinkle in there. Uh, it is certainly cheesy, and there are quite a few goose in the, the editing, I found, especially the third time watching it. Uh, I still have a great time with this film. Like, no matter where this film starts, because I actually watched it this year, like I caught it, I was uh was in a hotel room and I caught it in the middle of the middle of the movie and I just watched the entire thing. Uh, it's over the top action. Uh, it has a testosterone level that goes through the roof. It's almost suffocating. Uh, so I can kind of understand why you didn't like that. Like I, uh, while watching this movie, you know, just to bring it down, I was eating a peach cobbler that I made myself with a scoop of ice cream, <laughs> just one scoop, because you know. Milk hurts my tummy. <laughs> but this is a nonstop action film. 
I think the pacing is great and at least one of the coolest creature designs in film. Like I absolutely uh, love the way the predator looks like, like with with the whole him all decked out and everything. It's just I think it's so interesting to see a creature using like having having gear, like being geared out. Like I think that's yeah. I think it's dope, and it, it fits with the it fits with the movie. It fits with him fighting the military men. You gotta you gotta geared out creature fighting out geared out team. It's. I, th- I think that's awesome. And yeah, it kind of leads just into like action figures smashing into each other. But I enjoyed that. I, I would say prior to the unmasking of the Predator, I couldn't agree with you. But I will say one of my favorite scenes in the film is when the Predator is actually injured and he takes time and he goes off to the side and he like bandages himself up and whatnot. Maybe it's just because like I thought, you know, Predator, he was going to be more like animalistic but he wasn't he was just like a guy <laughs> he's just some dude <laughs> but alien and strong <laughs> but like the fact that he was intelligent enough to like bandage himself and he like obviously knew this kind of like survival training was interesting yeah and it's he he becomes a little bit more agile as the movies go along of course with all creature films just like alien uh alien becomes more agile as the films go along as technology actually grows Mm -hmm. so you'll get to see a little bit more of that uh, because uh, this suit this suit weighed over 200 pounds Uh, so they actually the trees that he was standing on were made out of concrete because no other trees could support that amount of weight because the suit weighed 200 and then i forget how much uh kevin hall weighed as well my bad uh yeah kevin peter hall how much he weighed, but he was he was seven two, and he wasn't he wasn't scrawny, so he, he weighed a good amount as well. It's probably like a four hundred pound creature walking around, which was um the, the way they even came up with this costume. They went through a lot of a lot of ups and downs for it. So you you didn't like I don't want to say you didn't appreciate the look, but did you? How did you feel about the look, mask and unmasked? I said I did not like it unmasked at all. I thought he looked kind of funny. Like, I don't know, he just was a funny-looking alien. Like, he didn't look very tough at all once once he was unmasked. He looked fine. He looked tough enough when he was masked, but not unmasked. <laughs> wow. Species. <is. laughs> and it kind of, like, you know, it kind of, like, ruins the mystery, you know? Like, everything's scarier when it's, when there's an element of mystery to it. Yeah, but you also get one of your best lines in movie history. <laughs> When Arnold sees him, he's just like, you are one ugly, and goes into it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's true. He's not wrong. Because <laughs> yeah, actually, they, the creator of uh, Hall, the creator of this creature, they had a design, and he made the redesign while on a plane next to James Cameron. And James Cameron kind of said some some things to him that inspired him to change the look and draw something up while on the plane to go film this movie. The creature was also going to be smaller at first because they were going to have John Claw Van Damme uh, in the suit, which is kind of where you get your more. They were hoping like to have the suit do some martial arts, which is why they wanted John Claw Van Damme mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, somebody who can handle being in a suit and doing martial arts, but just the way the suit was and like his height. And then also there were some problems with John Claw Van Damme. Uh, as well being in this production, he didn't want to be an uncredited special effects. Like he was used to, 
his face being out there. If it was up to him, he would take off the mask and it would be John Claw Van Damme <laughs> under it the whole time. Gotcha. But not not Hall. Uh, Stan Winston was the creator for the the Predator the Predator design. Hall was I'm trying to remember where I heard the name Hall. Somebody in this movie has the last name Hall. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Whatever it was, the special effects team. Oh wait, no, it's the one in the, the suit, Kevin, uh, Kevin Peter Hall. But there's somebody else I'm thinking of. I can't remember who it is. So, what did you? Is there anything that you did like about this movie? Is there anything that went, made it go by quicker? Not much, other than what I said. I mean, I definitely did see the, um, the kind of like. I don't want to say critique because I don't think it was critiquing it, but it definitely had like themes of hypermasculinity, like cartoonishly. So we saw that cartoonish kind of handshake at the beginning between Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Carl Weathers. Is that what his name is? Yes. So we saw that and that was funny. I feel like there were times where it was just like Arnold's persona was was funny. I, I don't know that. I would say I, like, really, really loved that, but, like, it was enjoyable, at least. And, like, especially, like, especially, like, the opening scenes when he's first walking in. Because he walks in, everyone's, like, in, you know, that military green drab colors. And then here comes Arnold with his, his bright red shirt. And you're like, oh, yep, that's, uh, that's the main character there. And then, of course, you get him with his cigars. He's smoking his cigars because that's what, what Arnold likes. So, you know, it, I mean, it's funny. It's enjoyable in that sense. Did you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger got Carl Weathers to start smoking cigars because of this movie? Really? <laughs> Not surprising. Yeah, but... he didn't want to Yeah, he didn't want to smoke at first and then Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, "Come on, man, try." It. And he said, "All right, you know, fell into that peer pressure and then <laughs> Arnold gave him a whole box and now he, he Carl Weathers, he's like during an interview when he's being asked about that, he's ta- telling the story. He pulls out a cigar. He's like, shame on you, Arnold. Shame on you. I just I just still find it hilarious, the idea of Arnold making them give him his cigars on the set of uh, Batman and Robin when he's supposed to be Mr. Freeze Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really do go out of the way to give Arnold uh, cigars because while they're in the helicopter, he's not allowed to have a lit cigar. So what they did is they CGI'd it in. Mm, okay. They put, a, they put a red glow gotcha. on it. I'm just pretty sure he has it in his contract somewhere that must have cigars. Oh, most most definitely. Which must be a pain for the editor sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because you, you have, like, continuity. Oh, yeah. You need to make sure definitely. that... Was... I'm still stuck on this name, Hall, because I'm still trying to find it. <laughs> Give it up. Give it up. Look it up later. I was probably reading about another movie. There, of course, was some moments of the hyper-masculinity that didn't work for me, like, at the beginning. Like, you know, the... The characters like they were just like just saying slurs all over the place and i'm just like i don't root for you like i think that like from very early on in the movie i was like all right can't wait till you die <laughs> yeah some of the jokes uh do not hold up uh we won't be repeating some of those though some of those are like so far out there that you still have me cracking up today like when he calls um he, he's telling the people that the dip is going to make them a sexual tyrannosaurus rex <laughs> Granted, what he says before then isn't really a PC anymore, but but a sexual Tyrannosaurus Rex. Where, where did you come up with that? I don't know. You're like, what is that? Why do you want to be that right now with a bunch of dudes? Yeah, exactly. On a helicopter, <laughs> on a cramped helicopter. All sweaty. Yeah, no. 
But yeah, so like I feel like I didn't feel for any of the characters really because they had like a bad impression on me going in. Yeah, they were like a little too tough. They were just tough to be kind of annoying and I I get that. How did you feel about them as a team? Because that's something that I I liked is their their team aspect. Like I really got the feeling that they they were all together like they've been working together. I liked how Arnold Schwarzenegger his commands, they just, they flowed through the team. Like, he'll just say one thing, and everybody will move. There was no there was no hesitation. I know for this movie, they did uh, look at um, special, spe- the special forces, special operatives, and studied how they, the spec ops movement in the jungle, and what they, and, and actually how they would go, and they would sneak up on people. Because I was watching this movie, and I was thinking that too, like when they're low crawling and kind of just falling in and not making much of a sound uh, going through the jungle. I was like, this is actually, this looks pretty professional. Um, Yeah, I mean, they did have some sense of camaraderie. Uh, like I said, I feel like that kind of played into more of the like, this is a military movie. This is a, that didn't really, it didn't really speak to me. It's not something I'm a, a huge fan of. It kind of bores me a little bit i find it kind of dull can't wait for a rambo episode <laughs> yeah. actually i haven't seen rambo but i feel like that's not gonna be much better for mm-hmm. you i like son of rambo <laughs> which is very different from rambo it's like a coming of age story but yeah yeah no i was thinking about up, that yeah very different <laughs> this was also a tricky movie to make you know you talked about texas chainsaw massacre earlier granted not in great sense <laughs> but this went through some some production obstacles as well like you said this was filmed in mexico in the jungle i know the the a large portion of the cast except for Arnold schwarzenegger and one one other actor they all got uh traveler's diarrhea because the hotel water uh, that they were staying at wasn't properly purified there were actually live poisonous snakes and scorpions that came onto the set and they also it wasn't just the external factors are you going to say something? Yeah, I know that there was one actor that just didn't eat, basically, because he just was afraid to eat Mexican food, I guess. <laughs> he was concerned for his yeah, health. That's the... <laughs> and he was the one that did not get traveler's diarrhea. Mm-hmm. He was just probably and I believe he. I could imagine being in that heat and not having any food on me. I believe he was the one that also, so him and Arnold lost weight yes. uh, for this uh-huh. role. Uh Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted to be more lean for this role, you know, more of a, a special operative, while the other one just didn't, he just didn't eat because he didn't trust the food, which, hey, uh, I guess it, you know, it worked out. He didn't get, you know, traveler's diarrhea. Yeah, I know that they would wake up early in the mornings, a couple of them, I think, and they would work out in preparation for the shoot. Yeah, that reminds me of another movie we've discussed on this, Top Gun. Uh, on this show, which yeah, Top Gun Maverick, kind of having that uh, that masculinity, trying to trying to outdo each other that yeah. <laughs> Miles Teller was talking. No, Glenn Powell was talking about. All of a sudden, everybody just started going to the gym real early. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too when I was reading that. I definitely had was thinking of Maverick. Uh, so it was it was John McTiernan was the the other actor who didn't um, who didn't become sick because he wasn't eating the food. And who did he play? He played, I'm going to it right now, and now I know why I was confused, because I was combining his name 
with uh, Kevin Peter Hall's name, and they just got stuck in my head. Yeah. Sorry, guys, for all the mix-up with the names. I'm not great with them, if you haven't noticed. Can't <laughs> pronounce them, have trouble remembering them. Though I don't understand how you forgot Carl Weathers' name. kind of shows like where, like where you've been hiding. But that actor played... Huh. He wasn't... He wasn't any of the actors. Who was he? <laughs> God dang, I gotta find this guy. He wasn't an actor. He, he's on the cast, it seemed. I would say the only member of the team, but I was like, all right, I kind of, you're fine, was uh, Poncho. And I don't know why. There was no reason. He didn't really do anything. I feel like a lot of these characters didn't really do much, but I don't know. Poncho is the one, is the one I forgot about most of the time. Really? Because he was, like, playing yeah, that, chief that's the translator, one. basically, between um, Anna and the group. Oh, it was the director, John McTiernan. Which also, interesting uh, director and writer name writer uh, name trio. They got John McTiernan as the director, Jim Thomas as the writer, and John Thomas as the other writer. John, Jim, John. John, Jim, John. Yeah, they went on to make Jimmy Johns, believe it or not. <laughs> don't believe that. That's a lie. <laughs> that's totally a lie. I don't want to get... Dece- uh, cease and desist. <laughs> <By> Jimmy Johns. <laughs> yeah. There goes that sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Like, stop spreading lies about us. <laughs> I will say it was a surprisingly diverse cast, and I mean, you had two actors too of Cherokee descent, which I thought was interesting, just because uh, the newest film, Prey, is sent to be, I think, the first film to be fully dubbed in the Comanche language with a cast that's comprised heavily of native talent so i thought you know it was interesting i mean from the 80s you don't really think of a diverse cast i mean you're um the girl he plays anna she's she's mexican so i mean you had a pretty diverse cast i think comparatively to anything else that was coming out at that time i feel and we spoke of an actor who was giving the production uh, the production troubles as well it wasn't just everything external it wasn't just the mexican jungle that was giving issues it was also sonny lannon who played billy in this movie who uh, is was, of cherokee, he was one of the people of cherokee yep. descent his, uh, i think I, yeah. I think it's his father i don't know one of his parents is oh it, it sounded like you said to say one of his parents is dot 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 something i thought you were about to fin- okay <laughs> i got you uh yeah sonny lannon they even had a bodyguard on set and this bodyguard's job was to stick around with Sonny and just protect other people from oh, him, which is, which is crazy. You would, I mean, I know they had a lot of issues, especially, I mean, if you're all, if you already shot a lot of scenes with them and then they start giving trouble and you have to bring the bodyguard later, it's, it's too much to reshoot. But yeah, he was just, yeah, I think I heard some things about his, his drinking issues and getting into fights and getting into arguments with the, with the cast. So they got a bodyguard to just kind of keep him, keep him chilled out, which is, there's a theory that that's why one of his scenes were cut pretty short because it seems like he's about to have like this big, this big standoff and he gets, you know, an off, he gets a off screen scream pretty much. And that's it. I'll be honest. I don't remember his character at all in the film. He was the one that had the sixth sense. He was the one that was always looking in the trees oh, and he thought he sent okay. something. He was a tracker. Okay. Because I'm like looking at like images of him and he definitely looks like he was a lot skinnier in this the movie and younger. 
Yeah. Because okay. I was like, I'm not like putting a face like from what I can see, like looking on IMBD letterbox, whatever. Like I'm like, I don't know who this is. But he had like the the marks underneath his like the paint marks on his cheeks and the hat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about the the characters as well, how did you feel about how did you feel about the deaths? I mean, that's not really a spoiler. All right, people gonna die in this sci fi action film with an alien. How did you feel about like the because I mean this is also this is also a horror film. How did you feel about that aspect of it? I feel like where this film was lacking a little bit in the action for me is just like it, they didn't have the follow through. So like I noticed in particular, I mean this isn't a character death, but when he's attacking like the boar, like you never see the knife go into the boar and like there's a lot of like scenes like that where the action just isn't followed through just they had to do that movie magic to use your imagination about these deaths and what's going on because of the limitations of the effects at the time i i agree and i feel like we talked about that in another movie where it's like they didn't they they couldn't show you because they just did not have the the ability to do that so. That was, I think, Night of the Living Dead, but Texas Chainsaw was like that, too. Yeah, that's the movie. Texas. Oh, always coming back to Texas Chainsaw back Massacre. Always to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. God. Not a great thing. <laughs> so that was my main problem with a lot of the action sequences, and it felt a little bit dated to me in that regard. I think they could have been more, especially when you have the Predator's arsenal. Mm-hmm. Which is something that the the sequels, of course, make more use of with greater technology, like um, in, in actual production. I don't mean greater technology for the Predator. This technology is already pretty advanced. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's something that's really cool with this creature. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about like all the ways he uses it because he's also had his video games. He was not only in had his own Predator game, Predator Concrete Jungle. So you get to make your own use a lot of those those tools and weapons and upgrade them, which is really cool. But also he was in the Mortal Kombat game, mm. which was a, a lot of fun to play as his character. You actually get to play as a the alien as well, the Xenomorph. Kind of have that that alien versus predator going on, which we'll talk about that another day. That's a whole nother <laughs> episode and discussion if that ever gets brought yeah. back. I do think I agree that there is a lot of potential with the Predator because, I mean, he obviously was a technologically advanced creature and he was smart. Uh, like, I thought he was smart, um, at least. And so I think there was a lot of potential. I just don't think that it really felt fell through with it. Fell, you know, it didn't really follow up with it in the film like I would have liked to have seen. So I think that's kind of why, like, I'm, I, I'm not dreading the prey the newest one because i think that you know in a modern setting with modern filmmaking that you could do well not a modern setting but a modern modern world with modern filmmaking you can do a lot more with it is there anything else you want to add to your opinion of this film maybe go back and recant some statements (laughs) no recanting um I did want to talk about the music briefly because I know I said I was going to talk about that and that was another thing I just didn't didn't work for me. I thought the music was very stereotypical kind of 80s suspense music with a lot of the the high notes, you know, just kind of going every time, you know, <laughs> like it was just nonstop. And I think at one point there was one moment where they were trekking and I was just, it was driving me insane. Granted, I've had like a migraine this past week, but but it was, it was 
getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the 80s music just doesn't hit for me most of the time anyway. Yeah. So that's always something with these with these movies. We talked about it during Top Gun, which was our other 80s movie. I'm not sure if we've done any other 80s. Uh, I mean, we talked I mean, about a little bit with like Nausicaa's music. The weird Sims. 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 That's right. Sims. How can I say that right now? Synth. Synthesizers. Yeah, you got it. Because <laughs> that, that had some weird, weird 80s music in there. So, did, regardless of our opinion of this film, this was an influential and significant film. So, we're going to go ahead and look into that. We can go ahead and start with the, the influence that it may have had. Is there anything that you found, Caitlin? Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about video games. You've talked extensively about your experience with the video games. There's also a collab with Fortnite, I think, in recent years that, you know, gave them a playable skin and a playable hidden enemy in the game. So there's that collab as well as far as in the gaming universe. There's been several comic books and toys that have resulted from this. I mean, these very popular, you know, monster, movie monster. There was, as far as its legacy, there's six, soon to be seven sequels, if you include the Alien vs. Predator films as well. Well, sequels, remakes, and whatever you want to call the Alien vs. Predator movies. I'm not sure what you call those. <laughs> I don't think they ever did a remake. Oh, I thought there was a remake. Um, you may be able to... Or, like, a, not a remake, but no. I thought there was, like, a requill at some point. Or reimagining. 2018 may have tried to... 2018 may have tried to have been a reboot, but the thing is with these films with the alien creature, unlike horror icons, there's multiple predators. So there's never been a need to make a new predator. Like it, there's never been a need to remake this movie. You just make your own your own story. So they never this never actually been remade. It the 2018 may have tried to bring this franchise back and reboot it, but it hasn't been remade. Gotcha. Okay. I see. There was also, um, I did see that there was a 2003 film that was called When Eagles Strike. I don't know much about it, but that had a character that was mirrored off uh, Schwarzenegger, off his image. And I think that Schwarzenegger's whole image in this movie had a lot of influence on different things. I mean, obviously, to get to the Choppa line is a, a huge <laughs> movie quote, but I didn't even know that was from this film but i've obviously heard it several times and but that's obviously parodied spoofed referred to a lot of times it's actually arnold schwarzenegger's personal favorite line of all his movies <laughs> nice yeah arnold too is now, as tough of a guy as he is he actually has some troubles with this film as well because all those scenes where he had the mud on him that uh yeah that mud gets cold fast mm. So he was constantly shivering, and to warm himself up, he would drink. But then that didn't really work, and it just made him drunk. Yeah, kind of hard to act when you're drunk. <laughs> well, well, never mind. Bit. I always said something know. not great. I didn't find any direct influence this had, but I'm sure there's plenty of people who have looked at this creature and have wanted to design something similar, or they just been inspired by this because this is just a iconic creature, and like you said, we. Or like we both said, we've seen it in video games, comics, it had its sequels. So it's, uh, yeah, like just the, the creature itself is, is, a great, is a great influence. But nothing I could find 
saying like, hey, this was directly influenced by Predator. I wasn't able to find much as far as like its significance, like why it was significant at that time. But I know you did say that uh, just as like a parody almost, I don't think that's the right word, but just where it came at at that time in as an 80s action blockbuster film that it it was poking fun a bit at those other kind of hyper masculine campy kind of films yeah, one thing i did find for significance is actually the academy award that it was nominated for so like i said this was nominated for its effects not best actor and this was significant to the oscars because they wanted to nominate this film but they weren't sure how to nominate mm-hmm. it is there, like, do we put it under makeup or do we put it under effects? Because it was it was a mixture of both. And they they nominated things before that were similar to this. Actually, let me pull it up right here. So the mechanical features of the of Predator's head suggested that the makeup effect category would be best for it. However, because they did the whole camouflage effect during the during the movie that went into the character they were thinking this is a visual effect and that, and that that would be what it's best nominated for uh, and it's kind of it's similar for aliens aliens was nominated for visual effects and so i'm reading this off of imdb just to illustrate how confused the academy was over the new blending of special effects bringing together makeup and visual effects together because this is 1987 this really hasn't been done much or at least been done to the point where it's gotten the attention of people such as the academy Uh, so the same year uh, that it categorized predator creature as a visual effect it honored rich baker with an oscar in the makeup category for his work with harry and the hendersons despite the fact that harry had been achieved in exactly the same way the predator had with a performer wearing a suit and a mechanical head in fact the same actor kevin peter hall had performed in both suits but because they put that whole camouflage on it, apparently it's, it switched everything up for them. Do you think they would have had more luck if they had gone in the makeup category? I, I definitely think mm-hmm. so. Because when you're looking at visuals, I mean, you're looking at so many different types of visuals. Like you're looking at entire settings mm-hmm. being brought up in visuals. Here it's just, it's, it's one effect really. It's the camouflage effect. And I think that a lot did go into this creatures makeup especially like yeah this wasn't super agile but it was still more agile than what we were seeing before for for a single practical creature yeah i honestly didn't know that like mechanical head like that would have been constitutes makeup that's interesting yeah there were actually three different heads they had to use for this one to go with the mask another one to to move the mouth and then they they had a, a third one to do some other effects so a lot, a lot of work went into Predator. Yeah. Though I would have, I wouldn't have mine if they actually went with their original idea of Rocky Fall ET and had a creature like ET, <laughs> like ET just jumping around, four foot self. Yeah, definitely a lot different than uh, ET. <laughs> I, I like that one post I sent you that. Because now Disney owns Fox and they own Star Wars, they own both the Ewoks. And Predator, and they can make that fight happen at oh any time. Oh my gosh. What you waiting for, Disney? <laughs> yeah. That would be sold out oh, everywhere. I'd watch it. I'd watch that. Oh, I would definitely over and over again. 
Not sure who would win, though. Not sure who would win. <laughs> it depends. Is it Predator in the Star Wars universe, or is it Ewoks and Predator universe? Because <laughs> Ewoks got away with some things that just don't... Ewoks use Home Alone tactics... Ewoks have their numbers, against though. Against an actual Ewoks army. Ewoks have numbers <laughs> on their side. Yeah, but it's like, what? For every three Ewoks equals a Predator in size alone. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Predators just get an- like get annoyed. I think you're underestimating the Ewoks here. <laughs> I don't know. The mouse can tell us which one is right. <laughs> we could probably have a whole episode of that. Yeah, probably. Like a whole debate between but you and Ewoks. I. Ewoks. Team Ewoks. You why the Ewoks win. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pro. Ewok yeah, guys, let person. us know. We'll give our yeah, we'll give you our social media at the end. We want to know who would win, Ewoks or Predator. <laughs> so I know you didn't like this film, but if you were to recommend it to someone, like d- despite your opinion, who would you recommend to watch this film? Um, I I think like it's a film that I would recommend to watch with friends. Like, watch with a group of people that you can kind of, like, enjoy and take something out of it. It probably didn't help that I was watching it by myself, and so I had no one to kind of laugh at different things with. So, you know, watch it with friends. (laughs) Would you watch this with your cinephile friends or just any friends? Just any friends. I think just general. Do you think there's anything for cinephiles to really look into this movie? This is a must-see movie, but do you think it's something the the cinephiles really need to look into? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think it does anything special in as far as the realm of cinema and filmmaking i don't know that it really has any like groundbreaking achievements in that regard that i would recommend it to a cinephile i agree with you on that like as much as i want to say that this is movie for cinephiles honestly you're not really going to pull too much from this movie other than it just being iconic Mm -hmm. like it being a, a a a piece in history but for general audience, yeah, most definitely, and I can see that this would definitely be fun to watch with your with your friends. Yeah. I'm guessing. <laughs> is there anything you is there anything you would like to add before we go into the spoilers? No, I'm not sure how, if I have do anything for spoilers. Oh wait, I do have something to add. I do have something to add, and I missed it in their, our influence it had. So I'm gonna talk about it now. Something I noticed that that stuck out to me is that there's a character named Jim Hopper and there's a character named Hawkins. And that obviously was not a coincidence. <laughs> oh, that that is right. And Stranger Things does take from the it 80s. It does. I was like, oh, OK. So that's where you got those from. <laughs> not a coincidence. Yeah, now I'm thinking like all the ways that, you know, they can. I mean, we got one season. They can still. They can still do some homage to uh to the yeah. Predator. Alright guys, so we're going to go ahead and bust into these spoilers like Arnold Schwarzenegger busts into a gorilla camp. Because that... I don't know if I should save that for the spoilers. I, I guess I'll save it for the spoilers. If you want to know more about that gorilla camp and how that mission went down, hey, continue listening. If not, if you want to go ahead and watch the movie yourself, hit that pause button. Go ahead, watch it, come back to us. All right, guys, uh, let's open up this declassified folder or open up the classified folder, thus making it declassified. Or it should already be declassified if we're opening because we already got the approval to open it, <laughs> which means that it had been declassified beforehand. That That is true. <laughs> the action doesn't make it declassified. It's the approval. Hold on. Let me call it to HQ. Uh-huh.
Uh-huh. All right, yeah, we're good to go. Okay, let's get this declassified folder going. All right, so let's talk about that scene. What did you have to, to say about that? I talked about the team aspect. I talked about how they were moving through the jungle like some real professionals, doing that low crawling, kind of letting themselves fall, making their sounds go with the one nature. And then they they stealth kill like five people, which turns out to be a small percentage of this military base. So what does Arnold decide to do? Light a truck on fire and just send it. <laughs> in which I have in my in my notes, what about the hostage? Like you have not you have not identified where the other hostage is, and now you just send a burning truck to explode at the kick at the, the dining table. I'm sure I didn't think about that. And then I like, okay, maybe that was just for a distraction, but then everybody decides to just start going off and they just because when one person shoots in this movie, mm-hmm. everybody shoots. They start shooting grenades and just lighting up, kicking down doors, shooting out one liners. Whole stealth mission just goes out the window, which I play video games. I get that sometimes. It but, does be like yeah, that. We all know sometimes. how effective. <laughs> yeah, but we know how effective a flashbang can be as well. We don't just start, you know, we got an escort mission. We don't just start shooting grenades into every room like they did here. But I think that was a cool scene. Like, that's even before the Predator shows up, that is a cool action scene. Uh, my mom's trying to FaceTime me, probably because I just texted her that this may be my last podcast. <laughs> She knows. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to get in trouble. <laughs> Probably. You're not invited to any more cookouts. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Where was I? Yeah, I, even before the Predator shows up, this is a fantastic action scene. It's, it's great explosions, people are getting shot down, even though it has one of my pet peeves in action movies, which is the hip fire. The hip fire. I oh, 80s like action movies love hip. this. Like you're, with your gun at your hip, yeah. Yeah. It is not at all accurate. <laughs> it doesn't save any time, really. Like the only time I'll understand it is if you have a machine gun. Because, yeah, it's a bit hard to pick up and control on your shoulder. But And that's something you'll see di- differently now in action movies compared to action movies back then. Uh, even with John Carpenter's action movies, they love just going into place... And I get it. If you're spraying down a room, okay, cool. But they were like accurately shooting people <laughs> yeah, no. from 50 meters away from the hip with just a burst. Like, all right, come on. Come on, guys. You questioning That's Arnold's aim? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he'll send me a video and just, they'll just go ahead and like uh, how Keanu Reeves does his, his, his training videos <laughs> showing like how he's just knocking out all that target. Maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger would do that from the hip. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll like this. I'll like to see that. But yeah, that's something that kind of annoys me. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks cool once, but then after a while, it's like, that's that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like you, you kind of just look like a child at that point. Like ah, just shooting everything. But again, I get I got the impression that they worked together. Like they still were kind of playing off of each other as they were going in, just blowing up everything. I don't know how they didn't shoot each other. Maybe they did because some of them got hit. Which I thought was also cool is that some people actually did get hit. Like you see Mac later on and he, they, they never mention it, but he has on wraps underneath his, uh, underneath his clothing and they have blood spots on him. It looks like he did get hit in some part of their incursion. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. And again, with the team, I like the, they, I felt like they had some, like some sweet moments. Like they had that camaraderie mm-hmm. there. 
I thought that was that was pretty cool. So I, I like how they this movie, yes, yeah, action movie foremost, and I appreciate that. I feel like the the military operation, like that plot, didn't like go anywhere. I was watching it this third time. I was like, "There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of mystery." And I gotta say, I, this I know this leads nowhere. <laughs> I think if you, I don't know how the trailers were, and like, especially back in the days, you didn't have trailers. Like we we're we're so used to having trailers and things put in front of our face. But sometimes you used to go to the theater and just look up and see what has a convenient showtime. And you go watch the movie, not knowing anything about it. Like we were talking about with Evasion of the Body Snatchers, it would have been great to go into both of these movies not knowing what was actually going on. Because this sets up like a military movie. It does. You don't even see the Predator stalking them until much later. And when you do see the Predator, it's not a normal creature stare. It's, it's heat vision. It's something that's tactical and can be used by humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely I agree. I feel like that would have been cool, like not knowing and then all of a sudden. I did think that. Because it really just, it is... A military action movie at the beginning and then all of a sudden surprise sci-fi <laughs> now while they did show some injuries they also there was a big editing mistake i saw here and that's mac has his head blown off with the laser like you see the you see the famous three points on on his head and then it, the camera's behind him and you see basically like the whole head just explode but then there's a point where somebody sees Mac and they see him with yeah. his head still attached. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a bullet just went through. Like, all right, where where'd all the blood and half his head? How did that come yeah. back? So I know you said you were a fan of the Predator unmasked when I wasn't. What did you think about like his laugh at the end? Well, it wasn't his laugh. It wasn't his laugh? No, he was... Uh, and if you watch it with subtitles as well, it lets you know it's Billy's laugh. Remember, he recorded Billy's laugh in the beginning. Oh, I I thought it was a predator laughing. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, that makes more sense. That that I okay, yeah. that makes way more sense, and I do like that a lot better. And we were just talking before this show with with uh, I don't want to spoil the movie because the movie is recent, but also with Annihilation having a creature evoke a human scream kind of mimicking. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I thought that was, that was pretty cool. And, and quite the coincidence. So maybe, I don't know, again, that's another influence that this movie could have possibly, possibly had, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it was not his, his laugh. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I thought it was his laugh. I was like, why does he sound like that? <laughs> this did influence somebody's tattoo. I met someone uh, at the Academy and they had the self-destruct dashes tattooed on his arm. So like how you see the the self-destruct mm-hmm. wristband and the coordinates that he puts in. So like how it starts, that's how he has it on his forearm tattooed. Tattoo. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah, that's pretty dope. Now, I'm not saying I like prayer that much. I'm not getting that <laughs> all tattooed on me. Though I do remember there was uh, a weapon in one of the Call of Duty games, one of the hollow sites, like it had a three dot. Um, that you can look through your scope mm-hmm. with. That was much like the Predator, and that was actually ended up being like my favorite, and very much so because of Predator. Yeah. With the now we're talking about spoilers, we can talk about Sonny and his death. That's a death that I've always been disappointed by. I felt like Sonny was going to go ahead and he was going to face off against the Predator one on one. He pulls out the knife. 
He's on the bridge. He takes his shirt off. He goes ahead and cuts himself. And then we just hear him scream. Yeah. But I feel like, I, I really do feel, I agree with the theory. I, I find it believable that because of how much of a pain he was on set, they cut his his time and they just got him out gotcha. of the way. And I was like, all right, if you want to act like this, then we're just going to make you look, like, we're going to make you die like a punk. I see. Okay. That's interesting though. Like I, yeah, I wouldn't have. I guess once you're casted, but you hear people like dropping off in last minute casting changes all the time. So it's a shame they had to just deal with that. Now they later do it on in one of the Predator movies. So they come back to that and they they have a one-on-one fight. It's not Sonny. He doesn't come back as a ghost. But, uh, and also that scene influenced another Predator property, which is Prey. Prey got some influence seeing this uh, Comanche soldier you know, take off his shirt and ready to go one on one with Predator. I gave him some influence for for Prey. Oh, I haven't. I to be honest, I barely even watched the trailer for Prey. I'm kind of trying to go in pretty blind. Same. I'm trying to think why I was sold on the first trailer. Usually, if I'm sold on the first trailer, I don't watch the second one. But I went ahead and watched the second one. I believed maybe because also like I know how the movies gonna go. Anyway. Yeah, I mean that's why it's like I don't really want to watch the the trailer because I just I. Just, I don't feel like I need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, usually if I see one, I don't watch the second one, or I try not to. I go to the Alamo Draft House, and they play all the trailers, mm-hmm. so I'll still end up catching some. Like, I did not want to watch the Nope no, second I trailer, but I saw it three times. Yeah. All the movies I saw from there had it on there. There was another one. It was the day that trailer was released, and it played at the theater I went to. Like, what? How, how did they get trailer number two already? <laughs> yeah. Second trailer always just like has a too much. Is there anything else you want to talk about during spoilers? Again, this is a movie that there really isn't no, much a spoiler. It's uh, it, it goes, yeah, it goes through the the horror, the the horror beats almost. You know, they just don't have the debauchery that's met with death. Instead, they have people just get killed off one by one. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have anything else. I think you already answered this, or. Nothing. You did already answer this, but if you want to go more in depth with it, please do. Does this movie hold up? I, I don't think it does. I I mean, obviously, if you, I think there's gonna be some nostalgia with it, um, but the the action, the 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 effects, the like everything just felt dated to me. There is no follow through with what it was showing on screen. Uh, a lot of the action was dull to me. Um, obviously, some of the dialogue is uh, definitely would not fly today. Um, but that aside, I just, I just, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't excite me at all. It wasn't. It was like I said, it was dull to me. So I don't, I don't think it holds up. I think maybe the Predator as a character holds up. We'll see with Prey how I think about that. But as far as ex- execution, I just, I don't think it does. And I gotta say, I think this movie does hold up. I think it's dated. Don't get me wrong. This is dated. This is an 80s movie, through and through. But I don't think any of it makes it dull. I think the action is still very much there. I think the explosions actually look pretty good. They look better than some modern day explosions that we get nowadays. They look like actual explosions. They don't look like fireworks. I know they cut away from a lot of scenes, but I don't think that they, you know, they just didn't have the ability but I think that 
what works for them is that they try they didn't try to go too crazy with this, which I think plays a huge factor when do these movies from 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago hold up is when they try to do too much and it may have been good for that time, but now that we can see the smoke and mirrors, it doesn't hold up. But but them knowing their limitations, knowing what this suit could really do, because this could have been just a big rubbery man just tossing his arms, waving his arms all over the place, but they made sure to only give it, I, he only gets eight minutes of screen time in this movie, and he's the titular character in here. Yeah, I see what you mean by that, and I can, I can agree with that. They didn't overdo it. Now, what they overdid purposefully was the action hero setup, which I wanted to talk about this, and I felt like this was the best time to talk about it with Does It Hold Up? And this doesn't really affect how it holds up, but I think it's an interesting comparison to see how action heroes have changed from nowadays. I mean, from the 1980s when action heroes became a big thing and they became staples to now. I mean, you have even the position of guns. A lot of them were from the hip, but now you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of the the shoulder mounted. You have a lot of the tactics that you see. I mean, John Wick brought in the the gun the gun. Gun Fu, we get a lot of quick and flashy movements more than we ever had before, and also just the 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 physique, like how an action hero looks. You know, you look at you look at Marvel. Marvel not only produces movies; they just produce great in shape people, <laughs> like male or female. We we've seen recently, especially with females, uh, Natalie Portman, of all people, you make Natalie Portman look jack. <laughs> hey, you can you can do it with anybody. Yeah. No, no CGI needed, but it's it's not like it's not Jack. It's not like fifteen inch biceps. Mm-hmm. It's it's a more lean yeah. approach, and it and it fits more into kind of how we like the, our action now. It's a bit flashier. There's more movement. It's more, more fluid. Agile. Yeah, way more agile. Which Arnold Schwarzenegger seemed to be above his uh ahead of his time for slimming down for this role, even though he's he's still a big dude. I mean, he's always mm-hmm. going to be a big dude. It's gonna be hard for him to slim down too much but he knew that in this movie he couldn't be that type of guy but action movies back in the 80s i mean that's what they were kind of looking for and i mean especially when your fights are just one two knockouts or you're picking up a person and throwing them out yeah you don't need to be really that big of a dude now i'm not saying every action hero but definitely like sylvester stallone arnold schwarzenegger carl weathers you did have some out there who were a little bit leaner that were became action heroes. You had Bruce Willis. However, and we'll talk about it more with Bruce Willis during Die Hard because you haven't seen that. Uh, in Die Hard, he's he's introduced as a everyday man, so it wouldn't even actually make sense for him to be that big. So again, it, again that was that was working against it during the eighties. That was it's time to be jacked, time to be uh, a body lifter. And actually, it's just, uh, and it's not even just movies. Movies mirror life and trends. I mean, you just look at the way how people, how people looked, how they conditioned themselves throughout the years. That's that that bleeds into the into the movies and how you see yeah, people. Yeah, that is true as well. Or how the movie influences what you what you uh, what you see, what the fashion trends are, what the physique trends are. I thought that was it's always interesting to look back at the eighties and see that. And I mean also we have some of ours like you, you can take Dwayne Johnson and put him in the eighties. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that works out. And 
I mean, you could, you could have took Kurt Russell from the eighties and put him in a film nowadays. Yeah. That's, that's a really good observation. Yeah. So I think who else? Yeah. The, I feel like, I mean, obviously like Crim's head, like Crim's head, work. <laughs> Chris, like, like Chris, Chris Hemsworth's Chris. Yes. Hemsworth. Yeah. Hemsworth. Like, obviously he's like more bulkier, but like you also like see him fighting besides like Loki, like Loki has action scenes and Loki's you know super lanky so like you, you definitely have different body types still but it's not like everyone's a tank <laughs> yeah but then also everyone is in pretty good shape like mm-hmm. there's certain times just watching a movie uh even, even with marvel you just have some random side character take off their shirt what the? yeah <laughs> or you just have some someone roll up their you know a female roll up her sleeves or you know getting something a little bit um skin tight and like god damn, what, why yeah. like did you Especially, I, I don't say why because it's unnecessary, but I know it takes it takes a lot of work. Like, listening to their regimens never sounds Yeah, I, I do watch some never. of those videos sometimes. It's like, oh, I trained like this person for a month. And it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, I mean, yeah, he is, um, he is super fit, especially all those times that he was playing Wolverine. But he also, to a lot of those images you see where he's shirtless... He, he has to dehydrate himself throughout the day. Uh, same, I believe, same with Ryan Reynolds. Like, to get... It, there's a little bit of a trick to it. It's not all just working yeah. out. So, there's... They got to do all types of crazy things for it. Because, I mean, you look at uh, you look at Maverick. We talked about how they were hitting the gym every day. But you see that beach scene. It's not like everybody was looking like how they look in Marvel. Yeah, that's true. Like, they looked... They look more natural. Although it also helps that they CGI most of the suits onto them, so you have more of those muscle definition. <laughs> oh yeah, but they're you you know they give the time. Yeah, I mean they're still fit underneath. To where they take off their shirts. They're definitely yeah, they do. Because remember, remember Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. There was there was no need for him. To, <laughs> there was no need. Chris for Pratt it. was like, hey man, I've been known as this big funny fat you know not bit fat but big chubby funny chubby guy. He's like. But everybody's about mm-hmm. to see. It's like Chris Pratt. We don't. There's not really a time. I mean, we see your arms. Nope. We're we're putting in a scene. <laughs> Take my shirt off. Yep. Always got to be a scene. Is there anything you want to say before we get into ratings and final comments? No, I think I'm good. So where will you go ahead and rate this movie? Oh my god! If it's a D, I'm gonna be so upset. Oh, you're gonna be upset. But I was gonna say a D minus for me. I really D- do not like this movie. It it was rough to get. Through. I was guessing D. Yeah. I wasn't guessing D minus. I think it's like a step above Texas Chainsaw. Although I think, uh, I think I actually enjoyed Texas Chainsaw better. But then, obviously, if you look at that episode, there's things that happened on that set that made me put it down pretty low. Um, but yeah, it's like half a step above Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this movie. I like I said, I thought it was incredibly boring. This is uh all right. Everybody pull out the notepad because this is gonna be our biggest gap. This this has to be our largest yeah. gap. Yeah, I give this an A minus. A minus. Whew. Okay. A minus. A minus to be. Well, let me look at it more objectively. I'll give it a B plus. I'll give it a B plus. Thinking where I put other movies in the A tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't come up to it. Okay. Uh, I would say. Straight objectively, like my personal opinion aside, I would say this probably is like a a C plus 
in a low B minus. Okay. Right. Just looking at like how this film was made, the story, everything contributed in a technical sense. But then adding my personal enjoyment for this film, the rewatchability, which still not sure if that's a word, but yeah, using it can be a word. Coining it. <laughs> uh, and not even just like standard rewatchability, like playing this from beginning to end, just be able to come in here at any time and, and enjoy myself. This is a B plus movie for me. I I enjoyed this movie. Uh, I never, even my third time watching it, I was not bored. Maybe it was like I kind of staring off a little bit at, at certain spots, but again, it's like my third point something time watching it. I feel like we probably have, I feel like we have different opinions on action movies, but there are some action movies that we both like. So I don't I don't know what it is. I don't think we have different opinions of action movies i mean you look at like the matrix your 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 favorite kong versus godzilla which i thought was boring (laughs) like there's something about these movies that you're just picking up but i'm i'm just not that is true because i mean when we agree we agree like we both love raid 2 though you haven't seen raid i think the next one that's really gonna maybe we'll be able to find out what it is that's separating us that's segregating us it's going to be Terminator Judgment Day. Okay. Which is a... I think that's going to be the next action movie that's... <laughs> dreaded pick for you, especially because we got to get through Terminator 1 <sighs> first. But I think... I don't know. Maybe we'll have to look into it some more, too. Hopefully, we remember to do that to, during that episode. Really kind of go into it after we're done to see what's, what is what is segregating us with these with these action films. Because it's not even the action. It's... I think you're also, I think you, like, I definitely prefer more modern action films. I, like, I really just don't like older action films. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, an older action film that I really like, and I'm just, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I mean, unless you count, Jurassic Park doesn't really count. No. But I'm thinking Matrix, like, the the action in Matrix. Yeah, I didn't like the action in Matrix that much. That's weird, because I think that, like, that's kind of the only old one that I can think of. That matches the modern day. But I guess we'll also have to look at what modern day action movies do we agree on and do we dislike. Yeah. I don't know. This may have to be a I whole know. thing. I know. This might be a whole, you know, evaluation here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mission Impossible, I'm interested to see what you yeah. say because like, like I said, that's my favorite uh, current franchise, ongoing franchise at the moment. And while we're saving Mission Impossible 1 for you to watch... For this show, uh, I said that you can go ahead and watch it like I did, which is I watched the first two of the the modern day trilogy, and then I went back, watched one, and then Fallout came out, watched Fallout, and then I've recently gone back and watched three. I watched two when I was little, but I don't remember anything about it, and two was uh, is is infamous for how bad it is, so we're not even going to count that one, but if you want to go ahead and... I mean, those are modern day action movies, and I think those are some of the best modern day action mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like I, I might like it. I think it's just like literally like anything prior to the two. Well, let's see, what year was Matrix? So what year? I don't know, like the early two thousands. Matrix in nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so let's just say like prior to the two thousands. Although maybe that might be a little bit too generous, but like yeah, because also I think you don't like early two. Yeah, I don't think I like early two thousands either. <laughs> So, which I don't blame you. Early two thousands and below action movies. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of. Early two thousands, 
early 2000s was trying to do Matrix. I feel like early 2000s was doing like too much CGI, trying to be Matrix. Yeah, probably. Yeah, a lot of CGI was being used, over the top action. I think that's when we started getting into that, like the actual mm-hmm. over the top. Like I really do appreciate like good fight choreography, but I feel like if it's an action movie, but I'm not really seeing the good fight choreography, I'm not gonna necessarily enjoy it as much. I'm interested to see what you think of some uh, John Carpenter films as well. John Carpenter. Because I already don't think you'll care for those. John Carpenter? His action movies. We haven't we haven't talked about any of his action like, movies. I don't think uh, you've seen any of his like action movies. One? Well, because those action he's not uh, known es- for him. Escape from New York, which I saw in theaters recently, and Big Trouble in Little China. Also, They Live has some action in it as well, or turns into oh, an I action movie. I have been movie. wanting to watch They Live. That one has been on my list to watch. I didn't realize he did Big Trouble in Little they, China, though. They Live has one of my all-time favorite fight scenes and movies in it. That's interesting. Okay. Well, that's on my list to watch soon, so, you know. I mean, I do like John well, Carpenter, you have to wait. but for They Live? Yeah, you have to wait for They Live. Know. You gotta do a Is show on it. it. Yeah, it's one. I don't think so. I think it's like... It is a must-see. It also has a lot of social commentary in it. For, yeah, but, like, as a zombie, like, you've already did, like, the must-see zombie social commentary film, <laughs> you know? Like, so can it... Well, it's not zombies. They live? Is it zombies? Am I thinking of something else? Possibly. I'm a little surprised you want to see They Live. Which one are you thinking of? I thought it was They Live. Well, Caitlin, now that you disappointed our audience, or, who knows, maybe you finally gave a, a, what's it called, a... A stepping stool for those who have been unheard about their outcry against Predator <laughs> and how it's not such a great movie. Be fighting you guys off like Predator vs. Ewoks. Jeez, yeah. I gotta, I gotta speak for I gotta speak for the for the, the rest of the, the for the little people, you know, the one who's been trampled for so long. <laughs> Caitlin, speaking of little people and Ewoks. If they want to go ahead and let us know who they think will win in a fight, a gang of Ewoks or the Predator, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at OpSilverScreen. On Facebook, we're at Operation Silverscreen, but Twitter and Instagram, it is going to be OpSilverScreen. And we have a a little bit of different content um, on our Twitter and our Instagram. On our Instagram, we're definitely also focused on giving you some lists and film suggestions that we might have. And on Twitter. Twitter, you can actually connect with us and see what we're watching a little bit more throughout the week. We might, Bryant has his Thursday movie night that he does every Thursday. So he gets to pick a movie there and you can follow along with him and maybe watch something on Thursday with him as well. And I'm going to be coming up with my own uh, weekend uh, hashtag as well. So you can look forward to that. We also have our own personal letterboxes if you want to see some other film reviews or other things we're watching throughout the week that we may not talk about here on the show. Uh, so you can find us at Brian's going to be Swank Seal on his letterbox. That's capital S, capital S, Swank Seal. And you can find me at Coffee Spoon Kate. That's Coffee Spoon C A I T. And make sure to join us on our next assignment when we're going to be taking on the mission of Pretty Woman. Until next time, see you. Thank you.